All right, everybody, it's Pastor Paul. It's here a Thursday morning, April 8th, 2021. And we're so glad you joined us. We use these times on weekdays to journey through the a portion of, the, of God's Word. We've been working our way through Exodus over these last few months. And we are up to Exodus chapter 29. Now, this is the section of Exodus, as we mentioned before, it's easy to, to have your eyes glaze over, to blow by these sections. It's all sorts of laws about blood and oxen and goats and clothes and garments and all sorts of things. But we talked about how there are really two ways um, that we want to be reading these Old Testament laws to, to understand how they apply to us. One is, is what the Puritans called um, the general equity thereof. We're, we're reading these laws and trying to discern the underlying principle or, or truth that's contained in them. And while the specifics may not apply to us, the, certainly the principles do. Um, secondly, um, we want to lead, and this is most important, to, to read them in light of Jesus Christ. So, for example, yesterday, as we read about the, um, the priestly garments and what the high priest was to wear, um, and, and sort of the attire. And we talked about how this was all to communicate these ideas of glory and of beauty, the glory of God, uh, the beauty of God, and then man reflecting that glory and beauty in, in, what, in what he does. And of course, how Jesus is, is now our high priest. He's glorious. He's beautiful. Um, so, so, so for example, so but now we're, we're to chapter 29. And this is another one of those um, somewhat obscure texts that we can be tempted to, to, to skip over, gloss over. Um, and it deals with the consecration of the priests. So in other words, those priests um, out of the line of Levi, Aaron and his sons and descendants, who had been set aside to minister in the Holy of Holies, the, the most holy place, the holy place, to offer sacrifices, to be ministers of um, God's word and sacrifices. Um, this talks about how they were to be consecrated or set apart, or to use contemporary jargon, how they were to be ordained for service. And it's a long passage, and so what I thought I would do is is read the first portion of it just to give you a sense of of the sorts of things that we find in here, and and why they are the way they are. And, and then again, how this ties into Christ, how this ties in to us. Okay, so, so again, put yourself in that position. These are, this is the royal priesthood. They're being set apart for service uh, to the body. They are the only ones who can offer sacrifice. They're the only ones who can minister in the temple and the tabernacle. And as they are preparing to enter that service into that ministry to be ordained, so to speak, um, God says to, to do this. So let's look at Exodus 29 and let me read. Um, I'll, I'll read a little bit and then, then we'll stop and talk. Now, this is what you shall do to them to consecrate them, that they may serve me as priest. Take one bull of the herd and two rams without blemish, and unleavened bread, unleavened cakes mixed with oil, and unleavened wafers smeared with oil. You shall make them a fine wheat flour. You shall put them in one basket and bring them in the basket and bring the bull and the two rams. You shall bring Aaron and his sons to the entrance of the tent of meeting and wash them with water. 
Then you shall take the garments and put on Aaron the coat and the robe of the ephod and the ephod and the breastplate and the breastpiece and gird him with skillfully woven band of the ephod. And you shall set the turban on his head and put the holy crown on the turban. You shall take the anointing oil and pour it on his head and anoint him. Then you shall bring his sons and put coats on them. And you shall gird Aaron and his sons with sashes and bind caps on them. And the priesthood shall be theirs by a statute forever. Thus you shall ordain Aaron and his sons. Let me read just a few more verses. Then you shall bring the bull before the tent of the meeting. Aaron and his sons shall lay their hands on the head of the bull. Then you shall kill the bull before the Lord at the entrance of the tent of meeting. And shall take part of the blood of the bull and put it on the horns of the altar with your finger. And the rest of the blood you shall pour out at the base of the altar. And you shall take all the fat that covers the entrails and the long lobe of the liver. And the two kidneys with the fat that is on them and burn them on the altar. But the flesh of the bull and its skin and its dung you shall burn with fire outside the camp. It is a sin offering. Now, let me skip towards the end of this chapter and um, read this last portion because, I, again, I think I want to give you a sense of all the things, rituals, rites that Aaron and his sons had to go through in order to be set apart to, um, to, to minister to the Lord. Okay, um, Verse 41. Of chapter 29 the other lamb you shall offer at twilight and shall offer with it a grain offering and its drink offering as in the morning for a pleasing aroma a food offering to the lord it shall be a regular burnt offering throughout your generations at the entrance of the tent of meeting before the lord where i will meet with you and to speak to you there there i will meet with the people of israel and it shall be sanctified by my glory i will consecrate the tent of meeting and the altar Aaron also and his sons I will consecrate to serve me as priests. I will dwell among the people of Israel and will be their God. And they shall know that I am the Lord their God who brought them out of the land of Egypt that I might dwell among them. I am the Lord their God. Okay, so what we have here towards the end of this passage is a reminder of what this is all about. What this is all about is that God is dwelling in the midst of his people. That God has called out his people from the land of slavery and he has brought them into relationship to be his very own people his very own possession but of course the problem is that while god is holy and he dwells in unapproachable light the people of israel are anything but holy right we've already seen examples of this in exodus where they're grumbling and they're complaining and their their hearts are fickle and they're turned away and so there's the sense, of course, where the unholy people just can't waltz into the tent of meeting um, to meet with the holy God. And so there needs to be a priesthood, a mediator, mediators, to stand between God and the people to mediate his presence to them. And as you can see, it was quite an elaborate ceremony for these priests to be prepared for this ministry, because after all, the priests themselves were sinful, right? And so we see, for example, in the last chapter, all this garb of beauty and intricacy uh, they had to wear. Well, this chapter, of course, deals with the offerings that had to be made on behalf of the priests. Um, they had to be set apart. They, they couldn't be um, unholy. They couldn't be ceremonially impure. Um, they had blood sprinkled on them themselves, okay? There's so many, like, things that are just 
culturally speaking, bizarre here, but all of it is meant to signify, right, that there has to be a sacrifice for sins made, and and that it's not simply satisfactory for a set for a sacrifice of sins to be made, but someone who is themselves purified, sanctified, holy, set apart can offer these sacrifices, and this was how the people of um, Israel were to function. Okay, now we've talked a lot about this idea, right, that that. We now have a great high priest, Jesus Christ, who's gone before us in the heavenlies, and that we no longer need a human high priest, a human, okay, um, a mediator. We now have Jesus Christ. He is our mediator. Not only is he the mediator, but he is the one who shed his own blood to mediate for us, to gain us entrance into the presence of a holy God. Well, one of the things we want to say is that this doesn't mean that there's still not an important role for pastors, elders, those who minister the Word of God, okay? They're, they're, that's still a very important role in the life of the church, okay? Um, but there are times in church history where the, it seems as if that role, uh, particularly in Roman Catholicism and the Greek Orthodox Church, where that role has been... Um, more equated to what we see here in the Old Testament than the reality of the New Testament, right? Um, we, we, we think about this secular spiritual divide that we've seen sometimes throughout church history where it was really, you know, wh why did Martin Luther go into the, to the priesthood? It was because he felt like that was the way that he could save his soul. That was priests were more holy. They were more sacred. They were more pure, Right. And, and the reality being, of course, that, that this really, um, and again, continues in the Roman Catholic system, where there is this sacramental role given to the priest, okay, or the minister to, to mediate for the people. To, you must confess your sins to, to him. Um, there, there's this idea that, that there still has to be this mediated presence. And, and of course, when we look to the New Testament, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't denigrate the role of pastors and elders. It simply puts them in their proper place. Their proper place is to teach and preach and pray and lead people to Jesus, who now is the true mediator. And I think a great passage to think about the shift, okay, and again, not how the priesthood is abolished, okay, but it's fulfilled in Christ and who the priests are now in a very... Um, Maybe familiar, but definitely famous passage is from First Peter, chapter two. Now I want to read First Peter two, verse four and following. And I want you to think about what Peter's saying in light of what we just read about the consecration of the priesthood back in Exodus, verse four, chapter two, First Peter. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Now, do you hear that? The temple's been abolished. The human priesthood has been abolished. But, 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 but the reality is, is that we now, as the body of Christ, are the temple of God. We are the spiritual stones. But not only that, we are now a royal priesthood. We now are able ourselves to come and offer 
spiritual sacrifices, and that doesn't mean blood sacrifices. It means our sacrifice of service and time and of ministry. It's not that we do away with the priesthood. It's that, that we're now all priests, right? We all have entrance and access to the Holy of Holies through Jesus Christ. We're all called to minister, right? We're all called to serve. Look at verse 9 of chapter 2 in 1 Peter. But you are a chosen race, a royal nation. A ro- I'm sorry. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. In other words, it's not the job of the priesthood or the pastors of the elders to do the work of ministry and service for the body, okay? Um, it's the job of the priests and pastors to point people to Jesus, to equip the saints for works of ministry, because um, we're not in some special class of priesthood, a priest. We are all a priesthood. We are all part of the family of God, um, called to dwell in God's house and to offer up our spiritual acts of worship. Again, not to denigrate the role of the elder, or the pastor, or the leader. We just want to make make sure those are in their proper place, okay? And we don't ascribe to them some sort of sacrament, sacramental or mediatorial authority that you have to go through them in order to have access to God. Um, and And what better way for Peter to describe this than to call us a holy nation, a royal priesthood? The fact, a holy priesthood, Peter says, that we are being built up into the house of God. Tons of application from this, right? Is that we don't have to look to the church and human leaders, okay, as a, um, that's given a, a special dispensation of grace, okay, that uh, of saving grace. Now, there's lots of other great theological reasons why we must have the body of Christ, and really outside the body of Christ, we don't really have a spiritual life. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about salvation, okay? We're talking about service. We're talking about worth. We're talking about labors for the sake of the gospel, that we are all called to be that holy priesthood. In fact, that's who we are. Now, let's go act likewise in accordance with who we are. And that we're all, by virtue of being indwelt by the Holy Spirit, called into the ministry. It's a great way to say it. We're all on mission. We're all called to serve. We're all called to minister. And um, this is how we are to, I think, understand passages like Exodus 30. Okay, so that's it for today, Thursday. Just a programming note. Um, We will have our devotional um, tomorrow as we continue through Exodus on Friday. But next week, we'll be hitting pause on these devotionals just for a week. Um, the, the pastors and wives are off on a retreat, and um, we're going to be gone. And so ask you to pray for that, for that time away um, as we're going to be uh, participating in the Gospel Coalition uh, conference virtually. And um, anyway, we're going to take a, pick a pause on our, our, our devotionals and pick it back up the following week. But tomorrow, same time, same station. Hope you join us. Let's pray. Lord, what a, an amazing call. What an amazing gift to be given um, a royal priesthood, that we are your servants. We, have, we are now have access to you, Lord, unmediated through the person, from humanly speaking, but now through the person of Jesus Christ. And we pray, Lord, that we would come boldly to the throne of grace, right? And 
trusting that you will meet us in our time of need. You've also called us, equipped us, gifted us. Lord, let us faithfully use those gifts. In Jesus' name.